0: great captain no sacrifice kirk this is more than just a rescue
1: mission shields up run alert this is where it begins captain
0: this is where the frontier pushes back millions of lives are at stake how are we gonna get out of this one
1: we will find hope in the impossible
2: to the STD podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, which is an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I am not joined by my fellow co-host. I am by myself tonight. The nerd story and tech story and tech story and have the night off. They will be back pretty soon, so no need to fret. Uh, Normally, what we do on this podcast here is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail. But tonight we have something from the vault. Guys, I do another podcast. It's called Discussing Who, where we talk about Doctor Who, sci fi, along with comic books. And last year, last year, when Star Trek Beyond came out, we did a review of the movie. It was a pretty good review. I very much enjoyed it. Discussing who was hosted by none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones, along with myself, of course, being on the show and also our good friend Lee Shackelford. And you know what, guys, what's so cool about this look back that we're about to do is that this was long before I ever knew that we'd be doing this Star Trek Discovery uh, STD podcast project. So yeah, that that's really cool in hindsight to look back at uh my thoughts then and what are my thoughts now, not even knowing that we'd actually be doing this podcast. So yeah, uh that that's another little interesting twist on the thoughts that you will hear today. So guys, buckle up. This is gonna be fun. Again, it's from the archives, and I think you're gonna really, really enjoy it first up we have a bit of news that was going on around the time of uh, that review in particular and I think it'd be cool to kind of look back at some of the news we were talking about because it is kind of valid to the show. Uh, we have a bit of Star Trek Discovery news uh, when we first got the name as well as the ship design. The, the ship design did change a bit before the show actually came out and this is kind of our reactions to the initial ship design and the name. So we'll cut right in that clip and We'd be back on the other side.
1: What do you guys think about seeing the title
2: of the new series now? What do you think? The title and also the ship. Which yeah. I hated the ship design. I hope they change it. It's it's ugly to me.
0: I think that must be the general response because uh, the showrunners have already been putting out uh, social media saying, "Oh, we're not finished with the ship design. <laughs> we're, we're still tinkering with it." So you don't you know uh, those of us who have been. Star Trek fan since 1966, we we we've seen that ship design before. Um, it was um, it was the um, it was Ralph McQuarrie's design for the ship as it would appear in the the uh, continued series from that was you know uh, being put together in the 70s. Um, that's and I think at the time a lot of us said, "Really, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a triangle. That's a little really." Yeah. Um, so weird. in a way, we we like that that. That this hat is being tipped broadly back to that thing. But um, yeah, I don't like it either.
1: I don't really like it either. But on <laughs> to one. We agree for a change. We did. All three That's of us right. agreed. may me. Woohoo.
2: Yeah, guys, that was our reaction to the first look of the ship. Uh, as you could tell, we were not too happy with what we saw. Ironically, not much changed uh, in that in the final design. I mean, it changed a little, but 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 not not much. So, um, and it's funny now because I think I'm pretty much happy with what we got. Uh, <laughs> just uh, what a difference time makes, in actually seeing it on the screen. Because you know, I actually love how the look of the look and feel of the ship now. So, so yeah, yeah. Move right along. Next, we have a little news about when we first found out that it would actually be on netflix or in cbs all access and not cbs proper um get a little sense of our reactions there from me and cal as well as um looking at or thinking about how star trek beyond would actually handle um uh, the death of anton yelchin which uh was just sad sad news for the star trek family at the time it happened and uh yeah yeah uh, very much a, a downer going into star trek beyond and just sad sad news and yeah this is just kind of our reaction to that and how it might be handled in the movie as well as again you know our thoughts on this being on cbs all access in the u.s netflix to stream cbs new star trek series um but, uh, the caveat is not in the U.S. <laughs> so, uh, I, I saw this headline come through a few days ago and I was, you know, at first glance, I was all surprised and, 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 uh, filled with excitement. But then the, the, the whole thing of it not being in the U.S. and I guess Canada also kind of, um, kind of was a bomber. You know, it's, it's a business decision. Uh, if you have a fan base that's avid enough, they will pay. And I, you know, I'm willing to pay, uh, what it, I think is like five or six bucks a month, uh, for a few months to get this. Um, I think they're also going to have a few more shows. Um, like I think a, a good wife spinoff is, is going to be oh, really? also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to build up their online catalog and, you know, hopefully. It's a great series, and I'll definitely be willing to pay. But it it does seem weird that we're kind of getting shafted over here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this
1: it, you know, I agree with you. And what's interesting about this is, you know, while you were talking, I was sitting here thinking we're seeing television transform itself to more of the pay per view type. Uh, viewing, especially yeah. when you're looking at one of the three big three, the original broadcast channels that are still around, CBS, doing an all access where you have to pay to see certain content, and that's interesting to me.
2: It it, it seems really weird, and my hope is that it would is not a not the case where it's a lesser experience, but sort of like the Netflix model, just online. You know, just as good, but it's just online, and and I guess. Um, you know, uh, we'll see soon if if that actually comes to fruition or if it's going to be a lesser thing. I certainly hope not.
1: No, I agree with you. You know, I have like what you said. I have no problem paying for viewing, paying for access, paying to watch it. But when you look at from the point of, well, there is X show that I want to see on Hulu that's a Hulu original and there is a Y show on Amazon. Or Amazon is the exclusive United States, uh, content provider for Doctor Who episodes that are streaming. Then you go to Netflix and there are the Marvel things. So you look at, well, I'm paying, you know, three different subscriptions plus, oh, well, I've got to have cable. Oh, the, you, and oh, I'm getting Game of Thrones. Now I'm getting HBO. So. Yeah, before long. Slippery slope. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I. I think it's just part of the evolution of the medium. It, you know, when you b- boil it all down to it, the way we consume media is changing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and again, on, in the in the grand scheme of things, if you can get away with paying 35 $30 a month and get everything you want, that's still not a bad deal. No, I agree. I agree,
1: which the only caveat to that is you're looking at using data as you, you know, consume your content. Online. So in a way, you, if you, depending on who your provider is, you still wind up, if you've got a cap, still wind up paying. So, you know, balancing out, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, even, even the mobile data on, um, on, on, uh, Comcast is, is been, um, lifted to a much higher, uh, bar. So, I mean, I don't, it's still a shame that we're getting those caps, but hopefully as time goes on and we consume more data, those will get, Farther and further out of reach where it's not really a problem quite true
1: quite true so let's jump on to number two on our list which is also star trek related which is i saw that jj abrams says that Chekhov will not be recast at after anton yelchin's untimely death which i think that's a good idea i think that's a good uh homage to the actor not necessarily the character but to the actor himself what do you think
2: I mean, I definitely think it's a classy move to, to do that. Um, it, it would be interesting to see how they actually write them out of the story. Um, and it opens up a spot for another cool, uh, character from the Star Trek universe to maybe step in. But, you know, it's a shame of what happened to Anton. And, you know, um, I'm just glad that JJ is giving him the respect he deserves and, and I think we may see something about that in the movie. You know, I, I wouldn't doubt if we see something in the opening or closing credits, given, you know, a yeah. to him.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think that would be, you know, a totally appropriate. And speaking of the movie, the movie comes out, uh, well, this is 2016. So if you're listening, it's coming out this Friday in the United States. I'm sure it may be playing in other parts of the world, different. You know, times, of course, but at least here this Friday, it's coming out in theaters and we will be reviewing Star Trek Beyond on an upcoming show, which will most likely be our next show. Very interested to see that. What do you think? What do you think of what you've seen in the clips that you've seen so far?
2: Uh, it, it's going to be different. The director this time around is around. Uh, is it Justin Lin or something? Lin. I think I so. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a, a, a Fast and the Furious alum. So he, he's come on board with J.J. and they've uh, put this movie together. It seems very fast paced and hopefully it's exciting and hopefully it can uh, reinvigorate the, the Star Trek uh, universe, especially it being the 50th anniversary this year. So I'm looking forward to this and hopefully it will wow me. What about yourself?
1: I I, th- I think it's going to be quite good. I think it's going to be quite interesting
2: okay guys there we have it enough of news uh it is time let's get right into it our review of star trek beyond and you know guys if you haven't seen the movie i'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast but go watch it and come back and listen to our thoughts but anything beyond this point in the podcast is going to be spoilers spoilers read a lot all hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an ideal.
1: At ease before you spray something. <laughs> all right. So on First. to something that we do agree on with a ship that we do uh, all three agree that looks okay as a ship. Would be the main Star Trek, which would be let's go beyond the one that we're talking about now. Let's destroy the uh, Enterprise every time.
2: Yeah, I guess. Oh, but it was so beautifully destroyed in this this uh, well, movie. That's true. That's true. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, and and I mean, we're jumping ahead, but the way the ship is twisting and turning and rotating and. You've seen that they're obviously on real sets. If it's not real sets, it looks magnificent if it's not. But I think it is a real set. Yeah. And the yeah. way it's rotating and they're still shooting through these corridors. And, man, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what did you yeah, that's think, true. Clay? Yeah,
0: I, I agree. If we have to blow up the Enterprise, then that's the way to do it. Because that was <laughs> that was thrilling and, and, and agonizing and horrible and... Uh, um and, you know, we know how many people are on the ship, and then we saw how many were left at the end, and uh, it's heartbreaking. Because, you know, the rest of those people, they're, they're on space. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. You know, um, yeah. But, yeah, if you're, if a lot of us are who are Star Trek fans, uh, I think um, we also tend to be interested in physics. You know, so I think there's there's a there's a a weird part of us that will detach from the emotional connection we have to that ship to get interested, as Clarence is, into watching watching how it twists. So yeah, that's how that would happen. Yeah, you know (laughs) that makes sense. You know, and it's coming edge down through the atmosphere. Okay, look look how it's uh, starting to superheat on that edge. Yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah, they really thought it out.
1: One thing that I have found interesting in watching this series is how and I'm going back to the very first of the reboot series. I still absolutely love the way that you rebooted it without technically rebooting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With with, yeah. with, with but, having <clears throat> the timeline throat> diverge. Throat> yeah. And, and so you 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 basically still have William Shatner's Spock. I mean, uh, not Spock, but William Shatner's <laughs> Kirk out there somewhere, and all of that. History is still intact, but yet you've got this what-if type universe going on, the splinter universe that has its own life of its own. And mm-hmm. I know we, t- we talked about in our last episode that they had planned not to recast uh Chekhov. Yes, yeah. So, again, that right there changes the dynamic because if they do another movie, who are they going to bring in? To replace? Are they going to bring in a brand new character? Are they going to bring in someone from Next Generation that we've not seen yet that mm-hmm. comes in early, perhaps? Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's <laughs> that's interesting.
2: Well, well right? let, let's let's unpack what you just said about actual paying homage to those characters from before and still not destroying their timeline, but kind of altering it in a way. And so at the beginning of this movie, we see they're on their five-year mission, almost third year in. And for some reason, Kirk is really tired. For some reason, I don't know. (laughs) That kind of leads us to this point where we see where he's, Gonna the resign his commission. Well, not resign his commission, but move up to a different rank, where he's just gonna be a desk jockey. So, so from there, we also see uh, again, we're paying homage to the characters from before. Uh, once they finally get on this space station that looks nothing like a Star Trek space station, but something out of freaking an anime. Basically, <laughs> it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was like, oh, my jaw was dropped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but once they get there, we find out that, uh, well, the new Spock finds out that the old Spock has died. And I thought that was really, really cool how they paid homage to him. And and even fast forward to the end of the movie where we actually see a photo of, I think it was the first Star Trek movie, all the, all the cast. It, that, that was just really touching.
1: What did you think, Lee? Yeah, I was
0: very touched by that, that there was a way of, uh, of sort of uh, giving the – Vulcan salute one last time to Leonard Nimoy, um, and and I was I was hoping that somehow they would be able to work that in because one of the things I enjoyed most about the movie was um, the um, wow uh, the 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 scores of little winking references to the original series and um, which is of course my favorite and that I'll you know will always be the closest to my heart. Now, I, w- I want to go back and see it again and actually keep score of how many times they referred to something that is specifically from an episode of the original series. Um, uh, oh, when I, when I started reading uh, people's comments about the movie right after it opened, I noticed that a lot of people said they 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 didn't like the fact that Kirk seems to be that, that he would want a desk job, that that he's three years into his five year mission, and that that's just not. A Starship Captain wouldn't do that, and so they felt like it. It didn't it, that it, um, as we say in the Sherlockian world, that it rends the canonical fabric. When the when Star Trek be, was supposed to begin in Gene Roddenberry's mind, the first thing we were going to see was Captain Pike. And if you remember, in the Cage, he's burnt out; hmm. that he's he's just done this too long, and he's tired of making these decisions and watching his people die, and he's ready to quit. And so I thought, wow, they they figured out a way to salute Captain Pike, the original Captain Pike, who, it's, as you just said, he we've we've rebooted the universe so we can have it both ways. But in this universe, Captain Pike uh, doesn't end up on Talos four. He's dead.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: And um, th- th- that bothered me because I've always loved Captain Pike. And I I was I always liked the fact that he gets a happy ending in the uh in the, in the real Star Trek universe.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and and also, I mean, if you really think about it, Kirk's struggle was, he was tired, but it was also, they tried to play into it. The fact, you know, the conversation he had with bones about how he's trying to fulfill a legacy and maybe it's not his legacy. So they tried to throw that in there as well. Yes. Um, And and to that end, I want to ask you guys, do you think the current cast is trying to play too hard to the old cast? Uh, I say that in particular because the character that plays Bones now, I forget his name, but Carl to me, he, yeah, he, to me, he, he's on too thick with trying to be like uh little McCoy. <laughs> I just, oh, it, it's too, it's too, it's too much. Oh, really? No, I, I'm I, sorry.
0: DeForest I, Kelly, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that the way that they are sometimes channeling these actors and, and yet bringing a, uh a, their own acting talent to them, to the, to the role as well, I think is, is, uh, is brilliant. I don't know. You may be right. Maybe he's overdoing it, but, uh, but it's not bothering me because I'm enjoying it so much. So yeah, cause, um, to, it yeah, seems he's
2: the only one that, that does it, that takes it to yeah. that extreme, you know, it, I mean, even with Kirk in the first one, you, you, you felt those touches about mm-hmm. Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Pine doing, doing the, um, the old William Shatner impressions, mm-hmm. but now he's more natural when he doesn't really into that that cadence much at all.
0: And, and, and at the same time, in, in this film, there was a couple of times where somebody would speak behind him, and he would turn his head very sharply, <laughs> just exactly the way Bill Shatner does, <laughs> and I would think, damn, he's got that down to a science. That it just, it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. I guess you're
2: right. Also, yeah. when he sat in but, the chair, on the, the, uh, the captain's chair of the the Franklin, uh felt that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A very, very uh, kind of Shatner esque moment.
1: So let me answer your question, Clarence, in this, in this fashion. Mm. So let's imagine for a second that, uh, Dave, uh, and I can't remember his last name, but the gentleman who plays Walter Frey, who also played William Hartnell in, a, in an adventure in space and time. Imagine for yeah. a moment oh. that they decided. They, being the B- BBC, decided to recreate some of the missing black and white first, second Doctor episodes with, a, you know, with with him and, and and that same cast that was on uh, the Adventure of Space <laughs> and Time. Imagine and him. I wish they would. <laughs> that would be very cool. But imagine him, though. He would be. He's playing William Hartnell, playing a character. But eventually, (laughs) the more he plays that character, I would imagine the more differential nuances that would come in uh, that he himself would put in. So Mm -hmm. take that same mentality and layer it back onto what Lee just said. And I would imagine the more movies, Star Trek-based that they create, even past this one, the Mm -hmm. more you will start to see differentiation a little more because a case in point you can't have checkoff anymore so without him that's going to make these characters grow in a different direction i do think that they do to some degree mimic but but i take it a little bit more paying tribute as as opposed to over mimicking and it's really just the three
0: of them kirk spock and mccoy too if you think about it, agreed because, uh, well,
1: uh, no, that's not true. Simon
0: Payne also sometimes does a brilliant <laughs> uh, Jimmy Doan, but um, but you know, Anton Yelchin—he's really Russian. He's not putting that accent on the way uh, Walter right. Koenig was. Um, yeah, I. I um, but and, but it is it is mostly the the big three. Yep, David agreed. Bradley by the the actor's name. David
1: too. Bradley, yes, yes, yes. yes yep. Who was also in uh, Broadchurch, uh, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes, and the Harry Potter movies. So. And the Harry Potter
2: movies. So so uh, on a slightly different you note, know, what do you guys think about the subtle uh, hints at uh, uh, Sulu's uh, sexuality, which they talked about before the movie came out briefly? Um, and even in the movie, it was it was so subtle. If you weren't looking for it, you, probably wouldn't even knew it because, <laughs> you know, I, I thought that was that was kind of cool how they played it in. And it wasn't overbearing or it was just enough to get that point across. Like, OK. That that's yeah. cool. Okay,
0: there's there's a dude with a little girl. Um, why is it oh, okay, that's that's his little girl. Oh, all right, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine,
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, that's I it. And then I agree. Done. Yeah, I agree. You know, it wasn't overly done, but no. just enough. So what Very about nice. the big bad guy of the movie? Do you want to call him that? <laughs> He's a big bad guy.
0: Um boy, that seems like a real waste of a fine, fine actor. I just I I don't know. I, I'm really. I guess I'm getting bored with these um, sort of reptilian villains who who, who snarl at the at the camera and <laughs> I'm going to
2: kill you all. And
0: you know, I, I'm sick of it in the Marvel universe. I'm sick of it in Star Trek. Uh, it's like okay. it.
2: It was funny you should say that because I, I I really feel like Star Trek probably has the the Marvel problem with with enemies because <laughs> um, you know it was he was a very forgettable enemy in this movie. Nothing really special about you know, the way he was used. Um, I thought he was okay, but to me that was one of the most lackluster parts of the movie. Yeah. What about I, you, I, Cal? No, you know, you? I, I, you know, I would agree. I. It is your a- Elbow by the, by the way. <laughs> I say what now? I was just saying his Idris Elba, by the yeah, way. It right. And, and, <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, I said, the waste of a fine actor. Yeah, we should say his name. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think that's synonymous uh, because he is such a great actor. Uh, you know, I, I, Lee, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. I, I think because we have so many movies of a genre now, of whether it be sci-fi or superhero, where you have to blow stuff up, you have to have world-shattering earth-shaking, fill-in-the-blank of however you want to see it, it does kind of give you that sense of, wow, I've seen this before. Um, you know, I would rather have a villain that's a little more, you know, th- I don't know, just a little bit more personal investment into it, not necessarily, okay, well, you know, here you're coming to have revenge on such and such. Well, everybody either wants to take over or have revenge on and that's yeah. that's your yeah. two main motive, motives. Take over, and, and, have revenge. But 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 could it also just if you look at it for a second time and say was was his circumstance that created him not in effect turns into what is really his motive because mm-hmm. of the the insanity the of what he's doing is created by his you know, his own isolation.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's so, something like he's forgotten about. So I, I can understand that to a certain extent.
1: Yeah. So
2: it's just, it's
0: just not a particularly novel, yeah, uh, story. It is it is certainly one we've heard a lot. And I don't know. I, um,
1: you know, I think if you will compare this, or or when we go back and say five years from now, and we're talking about mm-hmm. the third, or the I mean the fourth or the fifth Star Trek uh, movie that's come out of this series. I think for fans 5, 10, 15 years from now, they're going to look back at this and have a special memory of it for, se- for several reasons, not necessarily because of the story, but the circumstances surrounding the story, whether, whether they paid a big deal to it or not, you have the Sulu factor, whether, um, you know, they recast him or not. This was the, the passing per se of, one of the predominant cast of this set of Star Trek actors. And then, mm-hmm. of course, they, they give that tip of the hat to Leonard Nimoy. So I mm-hmm. think for those three elements, I think this will take a little bit of cult classic to part of that because of those three elements. Uh, mm. At least that's my take.
2: Well, well But I, I have to I have to say it. <laughs> to me, this movie has a Martha moment. Okay. So, yeah, you mentioned that before and so I, I was curious what yeah, you This enemy swarm of bees, I guess that's what uh, the actor Jayla called them. Well, the character in the movie called them. Swarm of bees. These these smaller ships that can decimate a larger ship or basically anything because they're high in numbers and they're very they're in sync. Uh sort of like a flock of birds, you know. The fact <laughs> That we are going to destroy this movie, I mean, this enemy, excuse me, by broadcasting on their resonant harmonic frequency with the Beastie Boys is not good enough for me. I'm sorry. It. Just, I, I, I wanted to walk out when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, oh,
0: you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> nothing against the Beastie Boys. Nothing no. against the Beastie
1: yeah. Boys. No, I agree. But, uh,
0: yeah. No, I, don't, I, did, I didn't like that, and I don't like the motorcycle. I, I, I don't get what, why there are motorcycles in these movies. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> well, didn't Clarence, didn't, it, didn't you say in our last recording that one of the producers produced Fast and the Furious? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the director in, of Fast and the yeah, Furious. Yeah. Okay, well, Lee, that just answers your question. That's why you <laughs> have a motorcycle.
0: That is not a good enough answer
1: yeah
0: yeah I agree. <laughs> well, it's three hundred years in the future,
2: yeah I oh that's have
1: a, a classic <laughs> yeah they yeah, they should yeah, have well, a hover
0: cycle. Yeah, it just happens to be inside the Franklin, yeah, along with I guess the Declaration of Independence is also in there too
1: right? you know, <laughs> that just makes no sense i but for the purpose of oh, it looks really cool, then you know maybe maybe it that's the purpose of it being there is oh, it looks really cool. Yeah. You know, I
0: just I just wrote an essay about this for, for a forthcoming Sherlockian publication about about uh, mockbusters, about uh, the asylum studios. And, you know, that they whenever a movie comes out, they rush out with the with the uh, two ninety five version of it, you know. Um. So the and the, the film I was writing about particularly was the film that they rushed out right after the um, the, the guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes. And so they made this very quick, very cheap uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. And. And it, and it it's made them a lot of money because it's direct to download, and you know so there's no there's practically no distribution cost, and people are buying it because the trailer looks so exciting. But I <laughs> promise you, everything that's exciting in that movie is in that trailer. The trailer, <laughs> and
2: <laughs> they the because
0: lot. they know they can do that, all you have to do is have a bunch of stuff that looks cool, and then the movie you can string it together with without any. Any pretense of there being any kind of logic or rational sense about why these things have are, are in the movie and and it's it's uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's insulting if you take it seriously and and they do not take it seriously themselves so you know it's it's okay but um, but I expect more from the Star Trek from JJ franchise. Yeah, yeah you want to say okay, I understand the the logic of saying yeah, but it looks cool but yeah that belongs in the mockbusters. <laughs> put put that in Sherlock Holmes versus Monsters, which is the name of the movie. Sherlock versus Monster. You know, that's where. Yeah, but it looks cool. Belongs, but God. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, just uh, let
2: me just run, uh, just a few more nitpicky things I have. This is very nitpicky. is, when, when when Kirk gets into the sh- uh the escape pod, he has on a different suit than he does when he's on the ground. He's like in a whole different uniform for some reason when he's on the ground. Maybe I just missed that. He stopped to change clothes. When, yeah. yeah, obviously. When the ship is about to explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the impos- that nebula that all, that's all supposed to be impossible to traverse, they made it through somehow. But yet when they're getting destroyed, they want to warp back through it. No, I, I don't understand that either. But anyway, uh, two things I thought were fun. I thought Jayla was really fun. Her character, I liked the character. I liked her a lot, yeah. Yeah, and I thought the tracker necklace um, from, from Spock was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was yeah. a good plot device, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: So, Lee, what did you think overall?
0: Yeah, I, I, my feelings very much like Clarence's. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed um, certain plot points like that. I love... Um, I love Simon Pegg anyway, and um and you know he wrote this script, and his 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 distinctive touches are all over it, and i i uh i I, I love that there's so much about this script that i I really love um it's a very entertaining ride, and it's not um a lot of us who are diehard fans of the original series, we've been complaining that this isn't Star Trek. It's a it's a pinball machine. It's a it's a video game. Yeah. And I, and I think Peg, who is you know a lifetime fan like me, I think he managed to bring more Star Trek back to it, and I'm grateful for that. So
1: you know, I, let me say this, and I know for any diehard Star Trek original version fan, Lee. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, what, what I'm about to say is, you know, in the Dalek equivalent, I'm hearing Dalek say in the bass uh, you know, in the background, blaspheme. Blaspheme. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but really and truly, I like this version better than the original version. And I, mm-hmm. I, I know, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't start watching Star Trek until the next generation. I mean, right. my, I, I grew up watching Star Wars, not Star Trek. And it was the next generation that, that, that caught my attention. And then I couldn't go back and watch the old ones because it was like, okay, this looks really cool. And uh, you look really cheesy was, was my teenage young or before teenage thoughts or whatever, as I'm watching it. So seeing them for some reason, I just like them a little bit better. Sure. So,
0: it's it's more visually exciting and uh, 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 yeah you you can't beat the production values or something like this. My parents were interested in in this new Star Trek series, so so they watched it and I was five. So do the math. Uh, <laughs> I was I was sitting on my mother's lap when we watched the uh, the first aired episode. We watched Mantrap, and I've been with it ever since. So so yeah, of course, my personal filter that I bring to these movies is is the perceptual framework of having literally been watching the show for 50 years it's a little hard to unmix that
1: right It. yeah and that makes perfect sense both shows whichever version they are they have their you know both of them have their weaknesses both of them have their strengths and and that's one thing that i find exciting about having this new version come to cbs is You get to meet a whole brand new set of characters that we've not had an opportunity to do since Enterprise, and that's and there was talk about it maybe being an anthology, that it may be
0: a different story that takes place on board the ship every week. I mean, with a different set of characters every week. Hmm. Interesting. With 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 the the ship Discovery as the background. That's that's interesting. That's that would be a novel approach, wouldn't it? That would.
1: But I don't. I'm, I'm sitting here wondering how. How much I would really like that, and I'm not sure I would. Mm. You know, maybe at least having a central character a la, not, and not specifically Whoopi Goldberg's character, but uh, similar to Gainan, where Mm -hmm. there is this one character that connects, you know, the story together, uh, Mm -hmm. and that would, that would be now that I could be cool with, but Mm -hmm. you know. Totally somebody new. Hmm. Depends on Everyone. how well the writing is done, honestly. It would be all about the writing. It definitely would. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, Star Trek is.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Absolutely. yeah, exactly. That's true.
1: All right. Well, guys, do you have anything else that you could say about Star Trek, the series, or Star Trek Beyond,
2: or anything else we've talked about?
0: We may have milked it. I.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll just give my quick wrap up about the movie again. Um, the, the the points I made about the, the things that I didn't like, I you know, I just had to harp on those again. It just was a little frustrating, but overall, I enjoyed the movie. It didn't feel like Star Trek Beyond. It just felt like Star Trek uh somewhere close nearby because <laughs> i mean it, it yeah. didn't feel like they were in the far reaches of space especially with this big space station there that looks look so awesome and so modern i'm like how did they build this out here in the middle of nowhere supposedly but yeah i, I really enjoyed the movie yeah you know I I that 47. too during
0: the closing titles i was thinking what what are we beyond exactly <laughs> i think okay.
2: i'm not sure There you have it, guys. The Discussing Who review of Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, yeah, I need to rewatch that movie to see if my thoughts stand or if I think any differently about it now. Um, so guys, if you want to comment about this episode or any episode we've done, please send your feedback into fans at stdpodcast.com. This is the website. You can also find that at stdpodcast.com. Hey guys, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. The single best thing you can do for the podcast is subscribe. On Twitter, we're STD underscore podcast and on Facebook and Instagram. We're STD podcast. Guys, once again, I just want to thank, thank, thank the discussing who guys for allowing me to rebroadcast this for you guys, because I knew you might like it. So, again, guys, if you want more of the Discussing Who crew, you can find out about them at DiscussingWho.com, where you can find our co-host here, the Who Story and Kyle Jones, as well as good friend Lee Shackelford. And if you want to know more about what Lee Shackelford does, he has an audio serial, which is just awesome story. And you should definitely check it out. That's at RelativityPodcast.com. Again, that's RelativityPodcast.com. Dot com. You should definitely check it out. It is so, so awesome. And you might even find a Cal Jones or a Clarence Brown on that cereal. Okay, guys, that's our show for the day. And for Andy, Carrie, John, and Cal, I'm Clarence, and we will talk to you guys next time. Live long and prosper. For listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com/slash subscribe.